0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Welcome to the Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories with me, Lawrence Prestige. And yeah, we really excited to bring you this um, episode as I am joined by um, Adam Croft. And I remember in McDonald's reading the newspaper, <laughs> and I said, I say this to Adam in our in our chat. I remember reading the newspaper in McDonald's and finding out about Adam Croft and his success in being a um, a completely self-published author with his his crime books. And, um, yeah, it was just really interesting to to hear how Adam has made such a successful career from independent publishing. And, um, you know, so much so that he's knocked J.K. Rowling off the top spot in some of the Amazon charts. Um, So, yeah, it was really amazing talking to Adam and uh, learning about the do's and don'ts in the industry. And being an author myself, it's kind of given me, you know... Um, reflection to kind of step back and look and sort of think about, you know, different avenues I could go into in terms of my writing as well. So a really big, um, episode for you guys are thinking about getting into writing thinking about publishing a book which route to go down and there's so many different routes in the publishing world now isn't there um but yeah it was great to talk to adam and i'm really excited to share this episode with you um if you can donate um pledge to the podcast in any way, you can support us um that's always really helpful it really means a lot um you know it's uh it just it helps us keep plodding along and um, bring you more um hopefully entertaining episodes. Um, but without further ado, here's my chat with the wonderful Adam Croft. Right, Adam, so I guess first things first, how you been doing over this last year? Covid now, it's been a year, oh. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's I guess it, it feels like it's been there forever. And at the same time, it's, I don't know. It, it's really difficult to get my head around. I think the thing that worries me the most is that I, I think I've got used to it. And they're talking about lockdowns easing and and things going back to normal. And that that's all great. But at the same time, I think if they said, well, you know what? It's not going away. We've got to be locked in for another year. There's something I've, about it that I've got used to. And when I first realized that was the case, I thought, actually, that's, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. That, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the way it should. This should be, we should want to get back to normality. And yeah, it's, I think for years to come, I think a lot of people will be realizing actually that it's had had a fair bit of damage. It's caused them some issues. Like even my son, he's four. He went back to school on, on Monday and he seemed fine throughout the lockdown. You know, the usual, I wish the virus would go away and, and what have you. But he's been, he's been fine and he's taken to it like a, like a duck to water. But Monday morning, he was really, really looking forward to going to school. He loves it there. But he just had an absolute meltdown. And he's been, he's been kind of like that all week and not sleeping. And, but he loves school. He, he loves going back. He wants to see his friends. But I think there's just that kind of having got used to it. Yeah. Think- and knowing... I want to do these things, but I don't know how.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, especially with young kids, you've got to be careful about just throwing them back in the deep water straight away, haven't we? It's, it's got to be gradually. You can't just have from nothing to, okay, now you go back to complete yeah. normality.
0: Well, this is it. He's started doing full days for the first time as well. He was only going for half days beforehand, so yeah, there, there is a an aspect of that, but I think, yeah, we'll, I think as a society, we'll probably be, be picking up the pieces for, for years to come unfortunately, and that's just... That's just the kids, but yeah, yeah I, to, you know, to answer the question, I've I've done all right in lockdown. I um, you know, I don't uh, don't tend to go out all that much anyway. I miss the pub definitely, yeah. <laughs> but so uh, when they said you know stay at home don't see any other people and alcohol kills viruses I thought well I mean I'm in my element especially <laughs> when I mentioned the vitamin D and getting out in the sun. that's it yeah. Spent, spend a year in my garden with a pint in my hands no people what more do I want
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely well I guess creatively as well have how's that been for you in terms of writing this year is it is it not affected you too much or I guess staying at home a bit you know being a writer myself as well I used to have like a routine where I knew when I'd have my sort of two hours in the day to write. Yeah, but yeah. now but now, kind of having the freedom to kind of write whenever I want, staying at home, it's a bit like, I found that difficult. <laughs> and people, it's a bit of a weird one because people kind of think, oh, he must be fine, like working. So actually no, because the routine that I so got used to is sort of been taken away and now I'm finding it more difficult. Now I have more time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite, I think. I'm, I'm somebody who does well, adapting to, to things you know, being different and having all the time to myself and being able to organize that has always worked quite well. I've always worked for myself from home for the last kind of 14 years. So I've, I've been used to that. And I think the thing that I found more difficult was actually having other people at home with me, <laughs> having my wife around all the time, having a son around all the time and having to go, okay, well, we've got to do this and, and work around that and do the work around it. That was difficult. Um, but yeah, even little things like not being able to get out and see people, I think as a writer, you're constantly taking in everything you're seeing, everything you're hearing, things like watching people's body language and, and seeing how people interact, you you don't get any of that. You kind of go a little bit stale at home. So I think it's, it's been probably slightly detrimental from that point of view. I think that everything goes into that creative soup as a writer and constantly pulling things out of that at soup bowl for the last year for, for books and not being able to put much back in is, is not ideal, but yeah, we, we adapt to it. Don't we, I, I, I don't want to sit here making it sound like it's, it's been disastrous for me because it hasn't. And there's so many other people who have, who have suffered, uh, you know, uh, terribly through this. So, uh, I think yeah to summarize it it's it's been fine to be honest in, in the greater scheme of things
1: well that, that's good to hear I mean I mean I remember the first time I sort of read about you was, I always, I don't know why I so vividly remember I was in McDonald's on my lunch break <laughs> and it, was, it
0: must have been the picture
1: yeah maybe maybe it was that <laughs> but uh, but uh yeah it was the I was reading the paper in McDonald's on lunch break and yeah it's article about you um and you and your books and I mean how I suppose how did your writing journey begin because like you know you're you know, you're a self-published independent author and you've done amazingly well, sold over two million copies of, of your books. I mean, how did it all start for you?
0: Um, well, I started writing my first book in summer of 2008. Ideas started coming to me on holiday. I'd always enjoyed writing, but never actually managed to sit down and, and write a book. My my attention span just just doesn't work for, for that. So I... I finally got it done, I guess, probably about two years later. And even then, for two, two and a half years worth of work, I ended up with a, a 21,000 word novella, which uh, says it all about my work ethic sometimes. But I, I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't know the industry at all or, or anything like that. So I I started Googling, looking around, as people do. And the Kindle had only just come to the uk the year before and lots of people putting their own books up there and, and doing their own things that way so i thought well, actually it's not a bad idea i can do this within an hour get it out there hopefully all i really want is somebody who i don't know personally to pick up the book a stranger to read it let me know what they think leave a review and i can i can go from there and refine things and it, it very quickly became apparent that rather than just uh this is how you can refine something and and, you know, move on to traditional publishing, but actually it was very much, um, a a, a, a career in itself, a, an industry in itself, being able to publish independently. And I thought, okay, there's, there's, there's something in this. So I, I carried on doing things that way. And I've never, I've never been somebody who's good at answering to other people or, or working with other people. So being able to do this on my own and having that control and being able to, um, put, out whatever I like whenever I like was a was a real um a real draw for me I've always been quite entrepreneurial as well so being able to to have that control was very very appealing and other than a year and a half two years um in the middle I've always published independently and I've, I've turned down every other deal that's been offered it just doesn't kind of come close to to what I get not just financially but in terms of the control being able to get things out there quickly not having to finish a book and then wait for a year for somebody to to put it out and not respond to emails and and all of this so it's it's something that I've I I really enjoy and I get um get a great amount of satisfaction from not just from the writing point of view but being able to kind of get out there as a a bit of a Delboy, boy I guess (laughs) in my entrepreneurial side and 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 let that go too
1: yeah i love the only fours of the horses reference big big fan <laughs> yeah, big yeah. Fan. maybe the wrong one to have yeah. used but yeah. <laughs> just don't start the french uh, the french uh, phrases in your books or anything like I'll that try. yeah <laughs> um but yeah i, I mean I, I guess did ever traditional publishing and never sort of appeal to you then it never sort of did it ever ever kind of at the start of your journey sort of look into it and think oh maybe and send a few inquiries out or was it just you just knew it wasn't for you straight away
0: I'm- I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of days where I think actually I'd far rather just finish the book, email it to somebody, and my job's done. I'd, yeah. I'd far rather that's the case. <laughs> there are certainly days when when that is is very appealing. Certainly over the last year, um, and yeah, I, I yeah for two years I was um, I, I was published by an Amazon imprint, Thomson Mercer, who um, when one of my books uh, took off in back end of 2015, early 2016. They approached me and said look we um you want to republish this and 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 change some bits and also buy your next one and I thought well actually I've got a book I'm working on at the moment that I'm not massively keen on but if you want to have a look at that and they did and they liked it and they bought it which you know was was fine because I wasn't all that keen on it myself um and yeah it did very well but um it, it it's just not for me there were there were lots of aspects that that didn't work they wanted the books to only be available on Amazon which really doesn't appeal to me. I like to have my books available everywhere for anybody who wants to read them, you know, from libraries, from different retailers, from high street bookshops. Um, And yeah, I just felt a little bit stifled, I guess, creatively in some ways. And I've always enjoyed doing the marketing side of things and getting out there and finding new readers and and all of those things. But yeah, I've never, never approached a publisher. I've never sent out query letters or or anything like that. I've had a, a few that have, that have come to me over the years and, you know, sometimes we've got to the point where contracts are are on the table and I'm, I'm somebody who trusts my gut very strongly and it it has served me very well in the past. And, Quite often I get to that point and I just think, no, just mm-hmm. something's something's not quite right here. But it depends. It's not for everybody. You know, for my audiobooks, for example, I, I have a publisher who who deals with those now because that's a, a huge amount of work, finding narrators and mm-hmm. you know, just just the, the admin side of getting audiobooks out there. So, yeah, it's it's not necessarily something that's for everybody, but it, it's, it's a setup that suits me very well. Yeah. And uh, I
1: suppose what is the... The process. I suppose. I guess when you first started it, what what was the process? Was it just I've written something, whack it on Amazon, and then it just took off? I mean, were you shocked, pleasantly surprised when you sort of released your first couple books and just see it start to, to take off so well?
0: I was, yeah. I, I will add it was much, much easier then. We're talking you know, very top end of 2011 when mm. the, there weren't many people doing this. Um, lots of people had got Kindles and were buying books and, and, and what have you. And most of the authors hadn't really caught up with the fact that you could, you could do this because anybody who was already an author and already writing was doing it mostly through the, the traditional means. So they were... They, that's what they knew, and you know, putting things up on Kindle yourself was was not really something that that they would do. So yeah, I was um, I was surprised. It was, it was a hell of a lot easier then. I'll be I'll be honest, but I don't really even know to this day what caused that first one to take off, because if if I had known, then all of my books since would have would have done well too, because I would have done the same thing. But it, it took me five years before I had another one that did um, that did as well. So I spent even for that first five years of my career, I was working other jobs and, and doing other things to, to kind of cover the bills. And it wasn't until yeah, late 2015, early 2016, that my ninth book actually did quite well, I, and I did know what I'd done that time and, um, and carried on doing it since. But yeah, it, yeah, at the time it was just a case of, of put it up there, see what happens. Um. If people like it, then great. I can make a few tweaks and and send it off to a publisher. They were my my thoughts at the time. But, yeah, as I say, it it became quickly apparent that 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 wasn't going to be the route for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always, I suppose, have you ever had that kind of people reluctant to use the... The self-publishing route because you know I, I think with, with mean my first children's book was completely self-published and then I luckily because the first book did okay I got some backing from an independent publisher and a bit of funding that helped with some of the bits and bobs sort of percentage and everything but then people sort of come to me and you can't and I sort of say well have you ever thought about self-publishing and they kind of go oh no <laughs> and, it, and, it, well, and, it, and it and you know there, there tends to be that kind of reluctance and You know, I almost try and avoid the word self-publishing and use independently published because self-publishing, for whatever reason, tends to people forget, oh, no, because I'm not taken as seriously if I'm self-published or something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think within the industry, there is a bit of a stigma attached to the term um, for a couple of reasons. I think um, self-publishing as a term, which I don't like either and I don't tend to use, is kind of tied in, I think, with a lot of these companies who will charge you to publish your book and they'll say, well, I'll pay us this money and we'll put the book out there. Um, but I mean, that's that's a different realm of things altogether. That's That's not strictly self-publishing. But I think... Also, there's no, no self about it. It's not, it's not me doing everything. I, I the reason I say I'm independently published is because I'm the author. And I also happen to own and run the publishing company, which hires the same editors as the big five publishers the the, the same uh cover designers I mean, my cover designer has done work for stephen king john de Carre, and 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 all the big names and i mean even just a day-to-day admin and office side of things i'm not doing that myself there's there's four of us that um that that work on my i guess business for want of a better word um each day so it's There's certainly no self about it. Um, There's no way on earth I could do all of it myself. And yeah, there is a bit of a stigma, I guess. Um, It's mainly within the industry, so it's something that authors and writers will kind of go and recoil a bit at, or some people in 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 the publishing world. But to be honest with you, the only people who matter are readers, and they don't tend to care. I think there is obviously the possibility, and it does occur where some. Authors do literally self-publish. They try and do everything themselves. They design their own cover. They do their own editing and it shows. And that can give independently published books a bad name. But I think if you're doing things the right way, if you're using the same cover designers, the same editors, you're going through the exact same process, uh, books are available at all the same retailers, then readers don't care. And my view has always been right from the start that my books should be indistinguishable from a book that's been published through penguin or Harper Collins or anybody like that. I think the cover should look just as good. The physical paperback should be just as good in terms of quality, the editing. Um, Everything should be indistinguishable because that's what readers expect. And if you can do things better, then great, but yeah, certainly don't try to, or make sure you don't fall short of the standards that, that readers expect. And I think, in terms of the snobbery, that's something which is definitely dropping away and has dropped away a lot in the, the sort of 10, 12 years that I've, I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way to make that drop away is to have that pride in in what you do and make sure the books look great and and read great and that you're doing things the right way. And there's so many benefits to to independent publishing as well, which mean that actually once you've once you've made sure you're doing those same things you can do them so much better and so much quicker and so much more effectively as well
1: yeah no absolutely i I think i mean obviously i guess children's books is a completely different a ball game but you know i I think with um with some people you know it's they they want to sort of you know ask me some opinions and whatever and advice and you sort of say you think about this route because you are going against celebrities that will just kind of everyone's kind of on the bandwagon at the minute with children's books and you know it's difficult and some of them don't even write you I won't mention any names but I know for a fact some of them don't <laughs> even write them and yeah. some do like obviously the big ones like Dave Williams he writes his and everything like that but there are some that just kind of I think I could use one example Chris Foy for example has openly said in the in a in a uh, conference that he did once that oh yeah no I don't write them I have someone to just do it for me and they choose a yeah. the name and split it but you know I, I think um people is you, you you can't if you want to get into writing just do it because you know you'd love to do it and you want to tell that story and you yeah. just you know focus on going going to the schools the libraries and you know it, the more you start comparing to the David Williams of the world it's, it's going to be difficult
0: <laughs> yeah and this is something that's um that, that, that's kind of been quite timely for me actually in the last year or so because I spent um, good few years really helping um, other authors, independent authors through courses and things like that, and books and coaching. And it, it started taking up so much of my time that back end of twenty twenty, I thought actually I've got to. Why am I Why am I doing this? Why am I, Why do I do what I do in general? And it's because I, I wanted to write, and I enjoy writing stories. And I enjoy writing books and i enjoy that side of things the creative aspects and i kind of um drifted away from that slightly towards more towards the business side more towards the coaching and, and courses and what have you um so yeah i i pulled things back and i said okay i'm gonna stop doing that i'm gonna focus just on the books again because i've somehow just migrated slowly over without even realizing it and yeah there are lots of people who who are in that position on the the indie side of things who do courses who do coaching and and what have you um and people deal with it in different ways um not many people go actually this is this is very lucrative but I'm going back to writing Mm -hmm. um some people do get other people to write their books um and and you know try and kind of work the ways around it that way and there are there are authors I know who who don't write their own books never mind celebrities Mm -hmm. doing doing children's books and yeah it just doesn't doesn't sit comfortably for me I think that's 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 one of the last things I would do to try and manage my time is is give up the writing because that's that's the bit that I I love the most
1: yeah absolutely I mean so I mean you have different series out don't you, you have your detective series and I was quite interested in your short story writing as well like is because I always because <laughs> I always kind of feel like you kind of being a big Roald Dahl fan obviously I was a fan of his short as an adult I started reading his short story adult short stories as well and it's something that I've always been interested in, but I guess I there is that is there still that audience for short stories? Because I I always wondered if it was like a sort of a bit of a dying art for short stories. But is it?
0: There is, yeah. I mean, it's you know there's a smaller audience, but at the same time, short stories are, are much quicker to write and easier to get <laughs> yeah. out there. So, um, I'm very much of the opinion that I, I'll both write what I enjoy and in the style that I that I like writing that I find natural, and also try and make sure I can appeal to to what readers want. There are lots of readers who like short stories. Most of my books are, are fairly short. And I think apart from one, they're all under 55, 60,000 words, which is on the, the shorter side for novels anyway. And it just, it, it, I, I write the way that I read, I suppose. I like shorter books. My attention span is not always brilliant. I uh, I like to get to the point. I don't like to pad out chapters with what yeah. the character had for breakfast or what their hair looks like, unless it's relevant. I don't even describe the looks of of my characters at all. I like to leave that up to the readers. So I, I like to just get on with it and, and get it done. So I think short stories do appeal um, on, on that front. But, yeah, they, they obviously don't um, – they're not as marketable, not as as, as saleable as, as novels. But from a creative point of view and from what I enjoy writing – I think they're great fun. And some some ideas just don't don't warrant, don't merit a a full novel. So being able to get those out in a short story means that at least they're out there, whereas otherwise they'll just be sitting in one of my notebooks.
1: Yeah. And with all your books, have you sort of had... Complete control over all of them, like you know, like we say, there are those um, companies where they sort of help self-publishing authors. You know, you pay the money and they help do everything. But have you just preferred just doing it completely your way with your own business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't advise anything else. Actually, I think publishers, um, publishing companies, should pay the author. That's that's the point in them being there. They they do that work, um, and that's a sign of their. Um, their belief in you as an author and 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 they pay you the royalties after that i think paying companies to publish books is is never a good idea there are some out there that are are fine and that do things ethically and honorably but i think even with those ones the fact that it is so so easy really to be able to actually do these things yourself the things that they do finding the cover designer finding the editors they're the easy bits, really. The bits they don't do are the hard bits that you're going to have to do anyway, like mm-hmm. the marketing, like the advertising, like the the branding, and, and all of those things. So yeah, my advice is always not to not to pay people to to publish your your book. Uh, if you want to do it independently, then you are the one who is who is publishing it, and you're you're finding people to do the bits that that you can't do and who are better at those things, like the the cover design, like the editing. Um, and yeah, there's and this has kind of been a bugbear of mine for a while because i think a lot of people do assume that self-publishing is googling self-publishing finding a company paying them to put it out there because no one will pay you to do it and that that shouldn't be the case at all um in fact there are even in the last week or so there's been a um a big investigation launched by society of authors and and lots of other different uh big organizations in the industry who are actively looking into you know, these these sorts of companies and, and some of the practices um so yeah maybe there'll be some some movement on that over the over the next few few months because I think it's it's very welcome
1: yeah absolutely I guess some people listening might think well how do I find this stuff out how do I find out how to get editors and how to how do I find to start my books and how do I find out how to put my book out there I mean how, how did you sort of learn all that stuff?
0: Well, I mean, the advice wasn't there at the time, yeah. because it was, it was also new. I was probably one of the people finding out for myself and, and offering that advice um, from, from, from the start. But yeah, you do. You, like I say, you Google self-publishing and these companies come up mm-hmm. and they're paying to be there in the search results because they've got the money because of the money that authors are handing over for their dreams. And it, it's quite sad. I get emails on a, a weekly basis, if not more from people saying, how did you do it? I, I self-published and I you know I paid the company this. And I was like, well, okay, well, first of all, you didn't self-publish. You didn't independently publish, you paid a vanity publisher to do it for you. And it's heartbreaking. People um, literally every week, if not more, I'm getting emails from people who have lost, I think five grand is probably about the least, um, up to 20, 25,000 pounds people are paying for their dreams, for these packages that these companies are offering, and they're getting nothing for it. They're getting what they could have spent 500 quid on, on, you know, on a cover designer and an editor to, to do these things for them. And they're they're getting nothing. And yeah, because so many authors are falling for this, the companies have got loads of money to buy up all the Google spots, (laughs) which means that the they're drowning out the actual education and the, advice that people are trying to put out there on how you can do this yourself how you you shouldn't be paying publishers how they should be paying you so it is it is difficult i've um it's it's more of a case that people kind of have to have to know and have to find you first because it's so difficult to get that that information out there and i think trying to get through to perhaps some of the older generation or the people who aren't au fait with what indie publishing is and them just as i say googling it or seeing an expensive advert that, that one of these companies has put up there trying to get that education to cut through all of that money that's being thrown at it is is very difficult and it, it harms the authors who are losing thousands hand over fist losing their life savings it harms those of us who are doing it the proper way because as we, we said earlier the, the the view that people have when you say the term self-publishing or independently publishing is that this these are the companies that you're using because that's all they know because if they google it that's all they find so it's a constant battle um but yeah hopefully um you know things things will change the society of authors and and all the other organizations that uh have kind of clubbed together are are hoping to be able to actually make some some changes on that front whether that's legislative or or what have you i don't know but yeah there there are companies who do it ethically who say well you know we're a one-stop shop we can find these people it can take the work away from you and lots of them do have the rights, um the right reasons for doing so but there are so so many who don't and that's that's a far bigger problem
1: yeah, no, no, no. yeah absolutely. absolutely i mean i mean when you get those emails from people asking for advice and stuff and you know come come into you i mean what is sort of the i i, I imagine you're probably you had to get some walk repeating the same stuff quite a lot but um what, <laughs> what 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 tends to be the the answer that you that you give those people
0: well the thing is that there there isn't really an answer i think the good thing is that you can always well with independently publishing and having that complete control you you can you can always undo any mistakes you know if i upload the wrong book or the cover's got a spelling mistake i can change that within an hour or two and it can be fixed so things can always be undone um certain things you can't i can't get back 20 grand that somebody's willingly paid over to one of these companies Mm -hmm. um and this is always the excuse they use you know you willingly handed it over you signed the contract um and a lot of the time they're they're handing over their rights to the books as well, so they can't even get those back in hidden in the small print through this you know salesman who's approached them and says, "You yeah, know we can help you achieve your dreams, we can publish your book, we can get your book into bookshops and all of these things that they then don't do um." In the, the excitement of doing that, they're, they're not reading the contract. They're not seeing it in the small print. There's all of this funky wording that you, you don't understand about you know rights and, and, and what have you, which layman just wouldn't. Most authors wouldn't, wouldn't know necessarily what those things mean. And they're, they're handing over their rights to the books as well. So the book they've spent years working on isn't even theirs anymore. And they've got no right to, to get it back or republish it. And in fact, if they published their own book elsewhere... They could then get sued by the company who now owns it, who they've already lost thousands to anyway. It's, it's just a massive racket. It's been winding me up for years. I've been trying to do the best I can to, to warn people, but you, you know, we're fighting a losing battle a lot of the time. So yeah, hopefully now that will, that will start to change. Now that a lot of the, the powers have kind of clubbed together and, and the uh, you know, unions and what have you are pushing for these, these changes, fingers crossed we can at least start to get some education out there and if a couple of people even one or two people hear this or see some of the things that those those organizations are are doing and can think actually i'm not going to do that i'm not going to hand that money over and that starts to chip away the companies are they're making less they've got less money to kind of advertise and and push uh for for more authors to pay them so hopefully we can start to, to whittle things away that way and make authors realize actually they can do all this themselves a publisher should be paying them it's it's difficult but hopefully there's movement
1: yeah and it's it's simpler than po- people probably think you know just yeah, up- yeah. uploading to amazon by themselves rather than getting told all these well you know you know it's it's difficult to organize this and do this and getting your books into shops and stuff but you know there there is focusing sort of step by step on your own you can do it not a, Unless, not a quick yeah. fix, you know. People that got to, yeah. you know, people might want instant success and the publishing might look a bit, these publishers that kind of sell that to them might, it might seem a bit too good to be true. and You think, oh, yes, well, that just seems perfectly, it sounds perfect what I want and they give it to them and my book will be in the shops and it will do really well and I'll book tour and everything like this and, uh, and it all be sorted for me and then that's not always the case. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, especially if you're a debut author, nobody can say this book is going to be good and it's going to do well. Even with an established author, you you, you can't do it. There are lots of people who say, oh, this is going to be the next big thing. Um, this book's going to be huge. And unless, you know, you're talking about Richard Osman's second book or the new Peter James or Stephen King, then yeah, you can say, actually, that's probably going to do quite well. Yeah. But for a debut author, you, you can't. You, can, you know, the book could be really good. So there are loads of really good books out there. It doesn't mean they're going to do well. So yeah, and, and as you say, so many authors, so many writers, I guess, dream of that the the book tours, the signings, mm-hmm. the Sunday Times bestseller and and these companies know that yeah they know that, that that's the things they want, and that's the things they're, they're the things they're hoping for, and the dreams and aspirations they have, so yeah it, it's predatory mm-hmm. yeah. it's predatory
1: yeah and I mean. Who, who were your sort of biggest influences in terms of writing? And, you know, when you, as a reader yourself, I mean, who sort of influenced you? I see all those books are behind you. So you <laughs> might be a long <laughs> list, but, you know, I mean, who, who sort of springs to mind, I guess?
0: um Well, I mean, on the crime front, uh I think probably in terms of style, I I, I quite enjoy reading Peter James's books. He mm-hmm. keeps things very tight. There's nothing in there that, that doesn't need to be in there, really. And he, that's through his background as a, a film producer. He, he writes in that kind of filmic style um some of his some of his chapters can be four or five lines long i think he he goes with the practice that if the camera would change scene in a film then it's a new chapter and i i can stick with that as well in 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 my books and try to keep the chapters quite short and try to keep things moving along obviously there are the greats as well the likes of agatha christie dorothy l sayers um, yeah so many to be honest with you um, but even though the bookshelf behind me is all mostly crime and, and thrillers the, the rest of the house is is even more packed with books and most of what I read isn't crime I, I like to read a lot of non-fiction I, I know it's a quite a male thing to say um, and try to read across the borders as, as much as I can really without trying to to stick to just one one genre it's a genre that I I kind of fell into writing I guess the first book idea that that I thought I could turn into a, an actual book um, was my first one, Too Close for Comfort, which was a crime story, was a was a, a police procedural thriller, and I've kind of fallen into that since, really. But there are there are lots of other things I want to write um, as well, and yeah, you know, hopefully, I can uh, I can get the time and and the headspace to to do that soon.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you mentioned Agatha Christie. Um, recently, I, I read Reread, I suppose, and then there were none, and and that is quite think about now. That is quite a short book i was quite surprised how quickly i read it and but that is literally you know they, they sort of list the characters off at the start on the train and it's just like right action let's go let's this is the story and yeah you, you do read that quite quickly so it's interesting you say it, you know i guess crime writers or writers in general it's good just to sort of keep going and not sort of lose the reader and all that unnecessary stuff
0: yeah, it it depends what you want to read. You know, sometimes you're in the mood for a great galloping epic and to, to not be, especially in the last year, to not be dragged along by action and things going off all over the place. Sometimes you just want to... Uh, it's a little bit like, what was it called, slow TV, where you can just watch three hours of the Norwegian fjords or a crackling okay. fireplace or something like that. And sometimes that's what you want. You want to just read a book where, where nothing much happens and it just... It, it's, it's enjoyable prose. It's nice and, and, and slow and, and you just get to lose yourself in that rather than being, being dragged along by the drama all the time. So I think that's the, that's the beauty of books. That's the beauty of writing. There's always, always something for everybody. Even if you like vampire cowboys in the 16th century or, or whatever <laughs> your, your niche happens to be, whereas I think. Again, that's one of the beauties of independent publishing. Is there's always an audience for what you want to write.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Always, if you want to write it, there's that's because it appeals to you, and it will appeal to somebody else. I mean, yeah, the vampire cowboys in the in the 16th century might be a bit of a smaller audience <laughs> than psychological thrillers or or romance, but there's still an audience there. And before independent publishing, you wouldn't have found that; those readers wouldn't have been able to read the books they wanted to read, and those authors writing those things sure as hell wouldn't have got a publishing contract because the audiences are smaller but the beauty of it is that even a small audience can still do you quite well when you haven't got publishing companies and agents and retailers and everybody else taking their their bit off the top and leaving you with 5p at the end
1: yeah i mean how um important is it as well for you as independent author to sort of connect with your readers i mean that must be as a business that must be really really important i guess like with VIP clubs, with, uh, mailing lists and social media, that must be really important for you to sort of stay on top of and connecting with them.
0: Yeah, that's that's the first thing I do every morning hmm. is um, is uh, you know, checking my emails and, and replying to, to readers and what have you. So, yeah, that's, that's probably more important to me than writing because, you know, without readers, I, I wouldn't be able to write or I could write, but there wouldn't be anybody reading it. <laughs> yeah. So there wouldn't be a whole lot of point. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's very important to me. Um, of course, I can have a much... Closer relationship, I guess, as well, because I'm not answerable to, to publishers and agents and and what have you. I can, um, I can speak directly to readers much more effectively, and I you know, I do use social media for that. I've got my Facebook readers group and and page. I think there's something like, I think the Facebook page is approaching fifty thousand readers. Um, I've got a mailing list which is about the same size, which I can let readers know when something's happening even just little bits about my life you know they like hearing those things when my son was born four years ago my god so the amount of replies i got when i i let them know yeah. through my 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 email newsletter was was absolutely unreal so they, they do they like hearing those those bits of your life and and what goes on um yeah it's, it's difficult to get your head around sometimes that people are that interested in you as a person Something I'm, I'm not I'm not that interesting. I've got nothing to tell you. I've been sitting in my house for the last year, staring at four walls. What do you want to hear? But um, people enjoy it. Yeah. And that 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 direct connection is something that you can't you can't do in 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 any other way in this industry.
1: Yeah, and you mean your books have been some of your books have been sort of translated to different parts of the world as well. I mean, when you get it, must be quite because overwhelming really to get all these different <laughs> responses from over the world of your books.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think French, German, uh, Portuguese, even Italian, Dutch, Korean, I think was an odd one. Um, <laughs> it's a bit weird having a book land, um, land at your house that's been sent to you by a, a, an overseas publisher that's got your name on, got a cover you don't recognize, got a title you don't recognize. You open it up and you think, I can't read a word of this. Um I, I hope it's good. <laughs> I hope they've tried, And, and that's the thing when you, you know, you don't get that, that control. But then again, what control can I possibly have over a Korean translation of one of yeah. my books for crying out loud? I don't speak Korean. So you've, you've just got to, I guess, trust that, um, that it's being done the right way. And it is, it is odd seeing the books um in different languages and yeah, you know, readers all over the world. It's, um, I mean, even just, through Kobo for example a, a relatively small retailer the books are sold in over 130 countries just through them I, I didn't know there were that many countries it, it's, it's quite mind-boggling sometimes and getting emails from readers in Australia New Zealand in Africa across Europe but it's great you know it's, it's one of the most rewarding aspects of the job mm-hmm. I think and of, of writing and it's not something I'd ever envisaged I guess I'd been one of those authors who had those hopes and aspirations and you know thought oh yeah one day I'll be sitting there replying to to readers from South Africa but you don't you don't necessarily think it's going to happen and I still I still can't get my head round round it even now and in a way I hope I never do
1: yeah no, absolutely I'm, I mean I guess some people think that to be successful you need to have to be that traditionally published route but you know yeah. you're you're you mean you you in most cases in your genre are probably doing better than most traditional publishers published authors as well and and then there's authors lots of people don't realize people like Beatrix Potter independently published people like um 50 shades of gray e.l james she she independently published as well
0: charles dickens
1: Uh, yeah charles dickens there's so many people that went down that route that are the biggest it's
0: it's been going on for years but in different ways you know at that point you had to pay for a print run and Mm -hmm. and what have you and just kind of try and hawk the books around it's um it's a much more level playing field now the industry has been democratized enormously you know you go onto amazon now and you wouldn't know which books are published independently and which ones aren't and they're all put up there through the same routes we've we've got access to the exact same channels and and chains now you know you can find my books in in waterstones and bookshops around around the world and libraries and yeah the the democratization has been the most enlightening thing but yeah it's not it's not a new thing Mm -hmm. publishing independently not by not by any stretch it's certainly not a fad i don't think you can you know, say that something that Charles Dickens and Mark Twain were doing way back when was, is, a, is a modern fad.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, with your um, process of writing, are you someone that really enjoys writing and editing or do, do, are you one of those people that just really struggle with the editing side of it and everything and find it sometimes really difficult?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not a good editor. <laughs> I think, um, again, it might my attention span, once the book's done, It's done. I'm not going back. Um, But of course, you have to, and things get picked up that that you have to. You have to change before the book's released. So it's not. It's not a process that I enjoy that much. I also kind of box things off in my head. So once I've written a book, my wife's always the first person to to read them because she's very good at picking up continuity things. There's even one book she she picked up that in chapter two a character's dressing gown was white, and in chapter 37 I described it as pink and she'd remembered the it, it, dressing gown's fairly irrelevant but she'd remember the color of it <laughs> and so from continuity point of view she's she's brilliant and there are even more embarrassing times where i've killed a character off and three chapters later they're having a pint in the pub <laughs> so there are things like that that readers certainly would notice that that i've somehow not and sometimes you're too close to it you can't <laughs> you can't see the wood for the trees but yeah i um yeah, I don't I don't enjoy the editing so much, mainly because once I've read I've written the book, my brain has then moved on to the next thing. And I genuinely half the time can't remember what I've written. It's it's something I've sat there and planned out up front so that I don't have to do too much editing. Um, then I've I've written it and it's almost like I've I've got it out of my system and I, I don't remember a whole lot about most of the books i've written to be honest mm-hmm.
1: yeah and where, where do you do you where you write is that um a, do you have to write in quite a quiet space or are you end somewhere are you one of those people that can write and absolutely anywhere i wish, I wish. <laughs> no i do i wish to <laughs> yeah
0: no yeah. it got to it got to be silent i'm um yeah i mean if you know anybody's watching this i'm in what used to be the garage which we had um had converted to to my office so it's kind of attached to the side of the house that's a little bit out of the way i used to be in a spare bedroom and it was a bit too um bit too noisy a bit much but yeah I've got, my, I've got my own little space here i have to be quiet if i have any music on it's got to be instrumental i can't be having lyrics and things because my brain just just switches to those instead yeah. and i end up i end up typing out uh you know the the, the lyrics to the venga boys for some reason <laughs> the first band that's come into my head i certainly don't listen to them very often but yeah no i i, I do have to be you know peaceful and quiet and and concentrating on what i'm doing so i'm far too easily distracted so yeah writing in coffee shops and and what have you and training stations I would, I would love to be able to do that in the same way as i'd love to be able to sit in front of a blank page and write chapter one and just just go with it i i can't it it scares the life out of me i'd love yeah. to sit down go i don't know what this book's going to be about and write it but yeah maybe one day yeah. maybe one day
1: well, I mean, what do you think of writer's block? It's, it's weird you get people with different opinions and, and things like that in writer's blocks. I mean, I try and just, with writer's block, when I know I'm having those moments, I just try and just power through. And if it's really, really rubbish, I can get back to it and fix it. But as long as I'm just writing something, I just, like, right, just don't write nothing. That's just, you know, but that sounds crap. Let me, you know, just, just, just write it down and just we'll come back to it. I mean, how do you sort of deal with writer's block in those moments?
0: I think writer's block is a symptom rather than a condition i think it's caused by something else perhaps um you've hit a block in the book where you haven't necessarily planned for this 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 moment and Mm -hmm. you need to go back and, and do some work there it can be a weakness in the plot it can be that the characters you perhaps don't have them strongly enough in your mind to know how they would react and how they would um engage with that particular moment in the story it can be due to your health you know you could be coming down with something you could just need to take a week off or or have a long bath or or have another whiskey it it, it can be it can be anything i think writer's block is not necessarily a thing it doesn't just kind of come in as a as a condition itself i think it's always uh, symptomatic of of something else and and sometimes lots of things so yeah there are times when it's just not happening sometimes i you know, I try and aim for 2000 words a day when I'm when I'm actually working on the book. And sometimes that happens in 45 minutes. It's, it's rare. I'll be honest. Sometimes I'm sitting here for 12, 13 hours, not having eaten, not having drunk, which is probably one of the reasons why the words aren't coming uh, before I before I get it done. It's it's even 10 12 years on it it still can be a struggle sometimes but i think writing is a muscle as well Mm -hmm. if you do it every day at least try and write something every day it becomes much easier a bit like running any any kind of exercise Mm -hmm. if you do it once every six months and you try and do it for a fortnight solid every six months it's going to be very difficult whereas if you do 10-15 minutes a day then when you do need to do that marathon it becomes much more manageable
1: yeah and I, su- I suppose your readers would want to know. I mean, what's sort of in the pipeline? Over you have been working on is it um, stuff that's um, series that you're sort of working on, or that you've you've got out there already, or is it any some any new titles, new ideas? I mean, what what's sort of in the pipeline with you?
0: Well, I mean, as we're recording this, I'm putting the finishing touches to the the third in the Rutland crime series, which um, should be coming out, probably not not all that far away actually, because. Um, Yeah, the turnaround times can be much shorter. I mean, for this one, for this particular series, it's very paperback heavy. It does very, very well, especially sort of the East Midlands area around Rutland. So um, we do end up having to do big paperback print runs, which take a lot of organization and distribution and and what have you. So that, that adds a bit of time on, but it's, it's one that I've been able to take my time with a bit and, and hold back as well in some ways because of the lockdown. You know, I could just whack it up there on Hamilton and and people would buy it uh, through there, but I I don't really want to do that. There are a lot of local retailers in the Rutland area who stock the books, small independent places, and I'd, I'd far rather that that AI get the time to spend a bit more time perfecting the book and that they get to have the benefit of that. So we're holding back until until shops are open and you know, probably early summer before that's out. Um, after that, I don't know. I think I probably want to write something for myself i think there are lots of other things that i want to do i've written plays and things before which are very very different they're certainly not crime certainly not thrillers um you know they're they're not really intelligible half the time (laughs) but um yeah just something for me i think and to get a couple of things out of my system perhaps um and maybe go back to the to one of the series books later in the year but i think after the year we've all had i think we we all need to do something for ourselves sometimes
1: oh yeah no absolutely i mean just to finish off i suppose adam what would be the people that are out there writing something or have got something they've written and not sure what to do with it or anything like that what, what would be your sort of biggest advice to, to those people
0: well first of all don't pay somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we've covered earlier um and there's, there's no rush you know you can always go back on 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 most things that you, you've done in this in this industry. You can always republish things. You can change covers. So don't worry about trying to get everything right up front um, because you won't. And I still don't, even after how long I've been doing this, I, I still don't get things right all the time, anywhere near all the time. And you can always go back. You can always change things. You can always make tweaks. So yeah, don't don't sweat it too much. Don't feel like you've got to do everything at once and you've got to get it all right because you don't, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But in terms of if anybody is thinking of writing a book or is thinking, how do I finish it? How do I complete it? I always try and summarize it in six words, which is bum on chair, fingers on keyboard. Because the best thing any writer can do in order to improve their craft, in order to get more work out there. So even just from a commercial point of view is to write more and write more books. It's what readers want. It's... It's why you're doing this because you enjoy writing. So just get writing.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, Adam, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today. I'm going to, I think I'm going to order one of your short story books now because I'm quite <laughs> key, keen on listening to that. So I'm going to have a look at that right now as we finish. But cheers, Adam, and all the best for the future books.
0: Well, thank you for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Cheers.
1: Thank you. yeah really great talk and adam there and um yeah I really recommend you checking out his checking out his books um I'm really getting into his short story books actually, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's next in adam's journey um you know, the best is yet to come from him. And I and I, and I truly believe that. So be sure to check out Adam's work. and Be sure to follow us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Twitter at Shapes of Stories. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, well, me on, on Instagram under Prestige Books. And you can follow us on Facebook under the Shapes of Stories Facebook page and um, my personal Facebook page under Lawrence Prestige, where you can find out more about me and my writing as well. Um, but thanks guys for tuning in. And um, like I said, um, you know, at the start of the podcast there's a little sort of plug if any of you guys are up for uh, support us in any way you can um, it, it really makes a big difference and as much as you can afford um is amazingly appreciated <laughs> okay guys um, thanks very much and i'll see you again next time